Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. One month. Do you hear me? Are you listening? Do you even know what I'm talking about? One month. 30 days. Or 31. Maybe there's an extra day in there. I don't know. One month. From right now, it's going to be August the 24th. Now, obviously, that means it's July 24th, (laughs) but on August the 24th, you are going to be watching college football. On August the 24th, one month from right now, you are going to be watching Miami versus Florida. Yep. Which one are you? Are you throwing up the you or are you chomp chomp? I know who Gator Greg is. Whole bunch of games. Be starting on Saturday, August the 24th. One month from today. Ladies and gentlemen, that means the old tried and true applies. Like that monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track, it won't be long now. Roger, I'm giving myself a round of applause because I wanted to use that joke. Again. (laughs) Thanks. Look, man, you can't hurt my feelings. It never gets old. Really. Drag me through the mud. I don't care. Mr. Rogers' it's Neighborhood. A beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be my neighbor, be Roger? It's a neighborly day in this Absolutely. If you were my neighbor right now, you'd be dropping you hints. yard mode right now. <laughs> exactly. You'd be dropping hints for me. Hey, Matt, um, is your mower running? <laughs> You check the. You got some. I got some extra gas over here, Matt. If you need it. Hey, Matt. Do you know that that station right up here on the corner sells the ethanol-free gas? Did you know that? You'd be dropping heavy hints that it's time for me to mow my grass. If you were my neighbor. If my neighbors are listening. They're thinking the opposite. <laughs> oh be yeah. On me. You'd be on me like uh, that's. I see. What kind of snakes you raising over there? <laughs> Look, man. Uh, my neighbor on one side, older, retired gentleman, he and his wife are in the garden club. Uh-oh. Man, you ought to see their place. It is like something out of Southern Living Magazine. I joke with him. His name's last name's Diffie. I, I told him, Diffie, you got these squirrels trained. I saw a, a pine needle fall out of a tree into your yard. A squirrel came down the tree, ran out in the yard, picked up the pine needle, brought it to my yard, dropped it, and went back up the tree. <laughs> it, it is incredible. So there's a stark contrast. You know, their driveway's perfect and power washed. Mine is not with cracks in it. 
I feel you on that one. You know bro. what I'm saying? Like, who who parked the dump truck up here and broke this up? <laughs> I mean, on one side of my driveway, it's like horrible. But it's like buying tires. I mean, who wants to spend money on that? <laughs> I'm tempted to haul oh, the... that slab will set you back a bit. Well, I know. And see, whoever had the bright idea before we bought this house years ago to make the driveway that finished concrete. I'm, I'm tempted to just like haul those things off and just put gravel down. <laughs> I don't know if we have an HOA around here, but that's one way to find out. Be the only house that puts in a gravel driveway. <laughs> I saw this stuff I'm going to look into the, on the uh, one of those uh, TV do-it-yourself shows where you, you can, there's a thing you can put on to resurface concrete. Yeah. And it, and it bonds to the concrete with stronger, oh, yeah. stronger mm-hmm. than the concrete. <clears throat> Allegedly. He might can rehab it. I don't know. According to Billy, what's his name with the beard that sells everything? <laughs> I'm going to get me some. What is that? That Flex Seal? I'm just going to fix my driveway with Flex Seal. That, oh, that guy. Yeah. They say it'll fix everything. Anyway. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. That you get to know personally one on one. Let me give you an example. Um, well, yeah, let me give you an example. So, yesterday, I was texting back and forth with Rod Counts, one of the Farm Bureau agents in Lee County. Gonna meet him tomorrow. Got some video stuff going on for a project we're working on. Gonna meet Rod tomorrow morning. And during the text conversation, Roger, I told him that today, this morning, my daughter would be having her tonsils taken out. Mother and I a little worried about it, going through that. And he texts me right back, some encouragement. He's had a little one who has had some medical stuff to deal with in his lifetime. He's fine now. But Rod texts me back immediately and said, Brother, don't worry about it. It's already in the great physician's hands. And I thought, man, what encouragement. Now, Rod is not my personal Farm Bureau agent, but, boy, he could be with stuff like that. (laughs) But you get to know these folks one-on-one. and So I I believe in what they say. When they say they are the home team and the hometown hero, that's what they are at Farm Bureau. Yep, 30 days, one month. Today is July the 24th. And on August the 24th, we'll have real-life college football going. And it will be fan day at Mississippi State, I just saw that on Twitter. St- uh, Mississippi State Athletics tweeted it out there. Mark your calendar. Saturday, August the 24th. Fan What's day. That tail? What is that? Well, Roger, the graphic that they sent out said more details coming soon. In the past, it has always involved the entire football team goes to the indoor facility. They line up coaches, players, everybody. All have a seat, and if you're a fan, you just walk in there, and you can get an autograph of anybody in there. They'll give you a poster, the team poster. You can go get all the yeah, some pictures from that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so you know you can just go. You got to go to campus, meet them, take pictures. There'll be a few things. They'll sell stuff, you know, food items, but there'll be a few other things you can do, that kind of thing. A guy who's covered it before, and probably will again, is Brett Hudson, part of the media team over here with us. Got her hands up. Our like, this is our state. This is our media team. And he's uh, in the driver's seat on that. Follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson. And he's on your radio right now. Fan day 
in one month, Brett, it'll be here before we know it, man. I know. Nothing but uh, a whole bunch of people sweating in a building that should have more air conditioning than it does. <laughs> the Palmero Center. Yeah, it gets hot in there on fan mm-hmm. day, doesn't it? Do they do stuff for... Don't they have, like... Do they have the inflatables for kids and that kind of thing, or is that not what they do on fan day? Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't. They didn't have that uh, to my recollection. I, I think you nailed it. Pretty much, the the coaches and players are hanging around, and of course they'll sell things because why wouldn't they? Got to mm-hmm. make a dollar. Um, and I think I think some other sports show up sometimes, like women's golf showed up one year. Um, they'll, they'll do little things like that. That volleyball will be there considering they. They play the same season as, as football, so does uh, soccer. Okay, uh, so I'm sure they'll they'll try to sell some tickets there too. But that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. It's, it's time for for your kids to show up with a poster and get autographs and pictures and all that. Okay, Brett Hudson on your radio. Hey, before we jump over to football, a few questions on that. Um, last couple of days, we got news of a new softball coach at state, right? Yep. So, and it's promoting. Someone who was an assistant on the staff. What do we What do we need to know? Uh, well, Samantha Ricketts is, is the new coach, and she um, she's she's been I guess she's been the coach that's been most responsible for the offensive rush uh, that we've seen out of the Bulldogs, most specifically last year when when they had uh, a player threatened for the uh, the SEC home run record. So that probably led to her. Promotion. I just, I just think that job. It might interest me more than any other job on campus. I could actually make an argument that the softball job is the hardest job mm. on campus at Mississippi State, just because softball has kind of taken off in the last maybe fifteen years or so in this conference. Because you've seen specific schools such as Florida, Alabama, LSU, Missouri. I get really, really good at it, mm-hmm. right? So they've yeah. thrown money at it because they found that they can sell tickets at it. And it's kind of created a pretty diverse have and have not in, in the conference where the schools that were good at softball 10 years ago stay good at it because they put money into it, whereas schools that weren't good at softball mm-hmm. 10 years ago they're kind of lagging behind in terms of investment. So Mississippi State is kind of punching up at the titans of the conference in softball more than it is in pretty much every other sport. So I could argue that by that environment, and some other factors, that softball is the hardest job on, on Mississippi State campus. So I'm, I'm very interested to, to monitor what the blueprint is there for, for the new softball coach at, at Mississippi State because it's just, it's just one of those jobs that is, that is really, really hard given the setting, given the conference that, that it is in. So her her recruiting blueprint and, and her development blueprint is what fascinates me most, just because you got to be really, really good at both of those just to be uh, even super regional good at, at Mississippi State. I mean, recently under Van Studeman, it was just a regional every other year or so. Um, and, and obviously State would, would like to have more than that and in this conference where they're really, really good at softball top to bottom for the yeah. most part. Yeah. It is a great conference, no doubt about it. And, and you're right. There's great teams popping up all over the place. They're just trying to get that program better. And so we'll see how that goes. I want to um, lob a few football thoughts 
at you and kind of get your reaction, Brett, uh, here with a month to go. Brett Hudson on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson. So, you know, you're on campus and, you know, and running into everybody and kind of seeing and hearing the buzz on certain things. You know, this quarterback thing has been talked about ad nauseum ever since um, Tommy transferred in there, Tommy Stevens transferred in there. Mm-hmm. But but here with a month to go, like, are you – like, what's your gut and, and are you hearing just kind of like how it's going? You know, and I know they're not practicing, but I just wonder if there's any way to get a gauge or if there's any buzz on, like, how he's – meshing with the team and you know what the dynamic is with Keaton already there and that kind of thing like can can you speak to that at all I mean everything I hear is that it's it's going well but I mean you kind of you kind of mentioned it there unless you're within the locker room and and there are few places on planet earth that I deserve to be in less than a college football locker room at the division one level um so unless you're in that locker room it's it's hard to to say for certain, but, but everything that I, I hear is that all of that kind of off-field meshing and, and the, the locker room dynamics are, are going uh, re- within reason uh, well, relatively well. Uh, so I think it, it will ultimately come down to which one of them can run the offense best. That's just based yeah. off of, mm-hmm. of what I'm, I'm hearing and seeing so far. I think it's I don't, I don't anticipate a locker room dynamic uh, deciding this job ultimately. Now things change in preseason camp. Sure. Uh, we mm-hmm. we we all know that things uh, things can change pretty quickly. But as of as of right now, when they enter, I think the coaching staff is is genuinely looking for whoever can run the offense the best. I had somebody ask me the other day, Brett. They say, "Okay, this kid from Clemson who didn't play much, you know, at all last year, goes to Missouri." And he's already the starter and even represents them at, at Missouri. It represents them at SEC Media Days. Why is this different with Tommy Stevens? And, I, you know, I mean, I kind of know the answer, but it's hard to explain it, so I hem-hawed a little bit. So I'll ask you the same thing, see what your answer is. Why is that different than uh, Kelly Bryant going to Missouri? Well, Missouri was a, a different set of circumstances in that they had Drew Locke as a proven every single down guy for, for multiple years. And, and Nick Fitzgerald did not have that benefit. Um, I mean, he, he got injured in that Egg Bowl his junior year. So we saw Keaton Thompson play three quarters of that game and the entire bowl game. After okay. that, then Fitzgerald was suspended for the first game of his senior season. So we saw Keaton Thompson run Joe Moorhead's offense in the Stephen F. Austin game. And then there was that brief moment, I think it was around that Texas A&M game last year where Joe Moorhead was, was shockingly open about saying we're, we're looking at playing Keaton Thompson mm. at times. So I think we've, we've seen more of Keaton Thompson in this exact offense than we saw anyone at Missouri. So the, the quarterback need at Missouri was more apparent than it was here at Mississippi State just because we actually have seen with our own eyes what was behind Nick Fitzgerald. Now, it was with a small sample size and then a weird sample size, so we can't speak to what Keaton Thompson is and what he's going to be as a Bulldog, but we have at least seen it. We, we know something 
even if little, we know something about what could be at Mississippi State, and, and Missouri had little to none of that when, when they hit the market to find Kelly Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's right. I mean, the, the differences are are certainly there, but the similarities are there too, you know, in that both are one-year guys, both coming in from Power 5 programs and, and that kind of thing. And, and you think regardless of which way this thing could play out, you you don't, as for right now anyway, see some kind of locker room issue, like if, say, for instance, Stevens were to win the job. Yeah, I mean, on, on July 24th, no. <laughs> on July 24th at 12.16 p.m. Central Standard Time, no. The answer to that question is no. That could... That could change a week from now. It could change three weeks from now. It could change two months from now. Yeah. But, but I don't. I don't have that. I don't have that impression out of Mississippi State at the moment. Brett Hudson on your radio. Brett underscore Hudson on Twitter. One month from today, August the twenty fourth, Miami versus Florida, six central on ESPN at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Who you liking that game, Brett? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, probably Florida, just because I feel like 80% of Miami's roster transferred in this year. Uh, uh, Miami Miami had to have been the most active college in the transfer portal this year. Uh, I don't have the actual number on that, but that's just kind of going off of what, I, what I've seen and what's crossed my, my Twitter feed. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give Florida the edge just by continuity. Um, not, I mean, by the end of the year, Miami could very well end up being a better football team than, than Florida. But I think on August 24th, Florida's got every reason to be the better football team. So I'll, I'll go with, with Florida in that game. But Miami interests me because uh, they've got their own transfer quarterback, Tate Martell, from from Ohio State. And and they've got the, the ultimate Miami man, Manny Diaz, um, Running, running the show there now, so I'm, I'm curious what their trajectory is going forward just because the, the recruiting blueprint is more concise and more clear under Manny Diaz than it has been since the days of the U in the 80s, um, or at least it should be. So I'm, I'm curious if Miami is a better program in 2023 mm. than, than Florida is if the Manny Diaz thing work, works out, but I, I still think Florida's going to have the better football team on, on August 24th. And and I don't know if there's any contentiousness in that Manny Diaz Dan Mullen relationship or not, you know? Because I mean, Mullen that'll the, be fun. It will be, won't it? I mean, because Mullen's the one who went and hired Diaz out of you know the the group of five school. He was at Middle Tennessee, and he brought him into the SEC. And next thing you know, he's making four hundred thousand a year at Texas. Then got run out of town. Now he's the head coach at Miami, and in there was another stop at State. So I don't know if they like each other or not. I just don't know. It will be an interesting chess match just because, I mean, yes, Dan Mullen's system is Dan Mullen's system. It's it's pretty similar uh, no matter where he is or with what players he has. But every, every coach knows they have to change their system to the personnel they have. And I think Dan's system is more asked to do that than, than any other because Dan's system is more – about masking the weaknesses of the players it has rather than uh, marrying itself to certain schemes or 
her philosophies or or uh, exposing strengths, I guess, would be another way. It's more personnel-driven than it is team-driven. So he's he's got an offense that is more likely to adapt to personnel than most. Therefore, his, his system is more likely to make significant changes from from year to year within mm-hmm. a within a certain construct. So I don't know that the the Dan Bowen offense that Manny Diaz saw for his year in Starkville up close and personal is going to be a, a carbon copy of the one he faces on August 24th by any stretch of the imagination. Right, right. Good stuff. Well, it's going to be here so quick. Um, I, I like Florida big in the game. I had somebody, te- Gator Man, texted our show a little bit ago, wanted to know what I thought. I texted him back and told him I like Florida by two touchdowns. Um, we'll see what happens. But we don't have to wait long, Brett. It's cool. 30 days from now, nope. we'll be watching football, man. That'll be fun. Can't hey, wait. I pre- Can't wait. I appreciate you, as always. Thank you. No problem, man. All right. Talk to you soon. That's Brett Hudson. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Go follow Brett on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson. How about that? Jason on Twitter says, LOL, Mullen is going to smoke Manny. (laughs) That's one way to put it. 30 days, folks. Gators and the U. Long way to go on this show on a Tuesday. Y'all stick around. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. couple of uh, national story updates for you from the sports world. Hey, what's up? I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired, where they can fix your phone. You drop it, crack it, break it, step on it, dent it, uh, smash it, <laughs> bash it, <laughs> Take it into C Spire, any phone, any carrier, they can fix it at the uh, one-hour repair center. Like I say, most often they can fix it while you wait right there at C Spire. First up, you have Pac-12 football media days going on right now. Ross Dellinger, our friend from Sports Illustrated, is covering Pac-12 media days. And this tweet one minute ago from Ross says, Washington State coach Mike Leach, my favorite coach in all of college football. Coach and character. Washington State coach Mike Leach just arrived here in the main room, plopped down his water canister, settled behind the mic, and gave his opening remarks, which were three words, quote, all right, any questions? (laughs) Love Coach Leach, man. How fun would it be if you were a media person to cover Washington State? You ought to be hoping for that job, wherever he is. And then the other thing is a baseball update. Mississippian Austin Riley called up this year to the Atlanta Braves, their starting outfielder. 
He was absolutely on fire to start his major league, you know, first season in the majors. Bunches of home runs on a home run pace that was unprecedented. Well, you ever hear about this thing, the law of averages, like everything's going to average out? He's really cooled off. He is on a stretch now of his last, I think, 17 games or so. He's batting below 200 in those 17 games. He's striking out a lot. Austin Riley has now struck out 84 times in 59 games. And that's more, according to Dave O'Brien there, the AJC, that's more strikeouts than Chipper Jones had in 10 of his 18 full seasons in the majors. So that's a lot of strikeouts in a short period of time for Austin. But, you know, first year ups and downs, roller coaster, that's all that is. Okay. All right. I got a question over here on the text line at 885-ESPN. I'm inviting you to text the show anytime you want. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. You may also call the show. I'd love to hear your voice. I even have my computer working where I can see who's on the phone now. It means I like I could a- answer this phone call technically. I don't, but I could. I, I don't want to touch it, though, because I want to hit the wrong button. I'm one of those. But anyway, you call me. I'll see your name, and we'll chat a little bit on the Divinity Equipment phone. It is a 601 number, 601 601- 995-1059-601-995-1059. So give me a shout. Love to hear from you today on the Divinity Phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. No, I got a text here. Let me let me backtrack to take care of a couple of things. Uh, Gator Man texted. That's what he said. Represent Matt Wyatt. Who are you with on August 24th? I know he's talking about Florida-Miami, and I text him back. I think it's uh, Gators by two touchdowns. I'll be surprised if it's not. Matt texted the show and talking about Kelly Bryant representing Missouri at SEC Media Days. He said State also has more players to send to Media Days. Missouri doesn't have anybody else. (laughs) Good point. And this from Chris. On the text line, 885-ESPN. He says, I guess I've been living under a rock. What happened to Mark Richt at Miami? Y'all remember what happened? He took the Miami job prior to the 2015 season. They were pretty good. A couple of years later, 2017, you'll remember, they were ranked number two in the country. You remember that? They won their division of the ACC, the Coastal. Miami is in the Coastal Division that year. So we're going back two seasons ago. He was the Walter Camp Coach of the Year. Had him ranked number two. Yeah, you know, so big year. And so high expectations, all this stuff coming back last year. And last season, I think they, you know, were preseason like top ten, maybe like number eight or something in the preseason. And then down the stretch last year, they had a losing streak, a four-game losing streak in October, November. They they went seven and five, and the last game they played under Mark Rick last year, uh, they lost in the Pinstripe Bowl to Wisconsin, thirty-five to three. So he retired. I don't know that he necessarily was forced out or gave it up or whatever the deal was, but I think it was a mutual decision where he's just he hanging it up. He's moving on. And been at it a while. So that's what happened to Mark Rick. That's what led to them hiring Manny Diaz. 
And so now Diaz is a head coach. There's your answer, Chris. That's what happened to Mark Rick. Last game he coached, they get whipped by the Wisconsin Badgers. And on that note, I've missed a few days on the countdown today. We're doing it. Today is 38. We're 38 days from August the 31st when everybody around here is going to kick it off in college football. 38 days. So today is team number 38. And lo and behold, looky there who it is on Wisconsin. This is one of, well, it's definitely one of the best fight songs in all of college football. And some people believe it is the best, and it's hard to argue it. Is that fight song, Roger? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Kind of a classic. It's very classic, isn't it? On Wisconsin. Their band is really well known up there in Madison. Madison, Wisconsin. Do you know who Will Colmeyer is? Roger? Didn't he used to? Didn't, didn't he used to do like uh, some sports reporting? Yep, he was. That, a, was it at WTVA? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. In, in your old neck of the woods. That's right. In Tupelo or based in Tupelo, WTVA, and then he was at the uh, CBS affiliate up here in Columbus. After that, longtime uh, sports anchor Will Colmeyer. He's a Wisconsin native and a big. Badgers and Packers fan. Great guy, Will Colmeyer. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, they put Wisconsin, a Y yeah. they put a Y in front of their vowels. Don't you know? Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers. Anyway, but to his credit, he had smoothed that out. Yeah, but you, I've got to get him on one of these days to tell stories about when he first got down here, you know, pronouncing certain things, including Pontotoc. <laughs> Just you know <laughs> that what I mean? Be tricky. Yeah. yeah. It definitely. Even things we take for granted. Itawamba. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, but he learned it quickly. And to this day, Will is one of those because of that job. You can just name any high school in Mississippi and immediately he can tell you their mascot. You know, stuff like that. Anyway, there you go. Shout out to you, Will. I do that every year when we preview Wisconsin. So, what did they do? Let's Well, let's start this year. Wisconsin's going to open up. At South Florida. And then they get four, five straight home games, Wisconsin does. Central Michigan, Michigan, Northwestern, Kent State, and Michigan State. A pretty good football team last year. Although, you know, I don't know a ton about their team. I just know they were pretty good. Like we say, they beat the brakes off Miami in the bowl game. They were an eight-win team, seven in the regular season. So, you know, they're pretty good. But I always hear about the atmosphere at Wisconsin home games up in Madison. I promise you, I'm playing that fight song again before the day's up. promise you. The most valuable sports franchise in the world. Do you know who it is? I'm going to tell you who it is coming up next, right here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Phone line open to you the entire show. Give me a shout on the Divini Equipment phone, 995-1059. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Anybody who's ever been in business, in any kind of business, you're in business that long, you have to be doing things right. You know that. And they are at Divini. Again, the number, 601, area code 995-1059. There it is. Hit me up. Let her rip, tater chip. Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Are you a big fan of that movie, Roger? Well, I like parts of it a lot. I mean, I'm not, you know, like, well, i got to stay glued to the screen. Right. But, uh, yeah, I like the part where he's uh, emptying out the RV's uh, tank. <laughs> the one that, yeah. uh, Dan, I think Dan Mullen has a shirt made. <laughs> and he, he had his photo made when, uh, uh-huh. he, for his Christmas card one year. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. You know, it was he was always accused of looking like him anyway. Anyway, I, I just have to share this with you. It's not even, even remotely sports-related, but the guy who played Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid, very well documented, kind of his fall off the cliff. <laughs> Not literally, but just mentally, it seems like, over the years. You know, if you saw him now, you'd be like, what? He and Gary Busey. Yeah. Randy Quaid doesn't even look like the same guy. He's got this big, huge, white beard. You know, he went AWOL for a while and hid out in Canada. <laughs> It's all kinds of stuff. And he's, like, I think certifiably crazy. But he's a fun follow on Twitter. He's interesting. Anyway, just like while the commercial was playing, Roger, about three minutes ago, this thread of tweets from Randy Quaid. (laughs) And he even put a picture on one of them back in the day when he was young and he looked like Cousin Eddie. He's wearing a white cowboy hat. It's weird. It says... Starting in tweet number one, Randy Quaid, Cousin Eddie. In 2009, the district attorney in Santa Barbara, a Democrat, maliciously prosecuted me for a paid hotel bill where the DA knew I was victim of the San Ysidro Ranch Hotel where Evie and I were married. By their management, who intentionally overcharged my wife's card by (laughs) $225,000. In 2010, I had the nerve to accuse and investigate a Warner Brothers executive for the theft of my property. Instead of investigating the executive's crime against me, the same Democratic DA brought charges against me for vandalism of the property, with no probable cause to once again maliciously persecute me. In both cases, this DA, double entendre, intentionally ignored the facts and put out false data on each situation to generate thousands of fake news stories about me, the Democratic Party has officially become the do-nothing, fake news, malicious, prosecution, false charges, witch hunt party at all levels of government. And then he wrapped it, he wrapped it up with hashtag Trump 2020. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for that endorsement. Roger, the way he begins this tweet thread, 
Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid, when he said in there that the, the DA in 09 maliciously prosecuted me for a paid hotel bill. Now, here's the thing. What's the deal if it's paid? Like, they're not prosecuting you for anything if it's paid. So there's lie number one. <laughs> it ain't paid. A pay, he's, but he says in here, a paid hotel bill where the DA knew I was victim of San Ysidro Ranch Hotel Management intentionally overcharging my wife's card by $225,000. Seems like that'd be easy to prove. You could like probably put a good down payment on that hotel. You can buy that hotel for two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Well, yeah, it sounds like kind of a low rent area. I mean, it's the San Ysidro Ranch. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're not talking about the L.A. Marriott here. Listen, it's not ranch like it's in Bunny Ranch. Roger, what kind of card do you have two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars on it in two thousand nine? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> This man is crazy, but I'll tell you this, he's funny. He tweets some funny stuff. I don't know if I should I would recommend following him or not. I just know it's funny. Uh let's see what Jason's up to out in Flagstaff, Arizona, on the Divinity Equipment phone. Mississippian by birth, got his feet in Arizona soil right now, though. It's cool out there, huh? Yeah. Uh I wouldn't call it cool. <laughs> what is it? It's not Mississippi. <laughs> oh, I got you. Well, but we've had a cool snap the last two days. It's dry air um, here that has like made it feel like fall around here for two days in a row. It's really been incredible. And, Roger, can, have you not noticed that it's like the, everything looks different even when it's cool uh, like this? Okay, you don't have the uh, heat waves rising up? <laughs> I guess. Making everything blurry. It's like the air is clearer. It's, you well, know, it we, is, but literally it is because the humidity. Right, gone. the humidity's gone. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Just calling in and talk about absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can join right in on that. Hey, I saw you tweet me a while ago when I brought up in one month. Today's the twenty fourth of July, so in one month on August twenty fourth, you're going to have Florida versus Miami. I think Florida by two touchdowns. You said, let me let me read your tweet here, Jason. You said Mullen is going to smoke Manny. How confident are you? I'm pretty confident there. You got old uh, Manny. He likes to run those blitzes, and if he gets you, he gets you. And if he doesn't, it goes for a big play. Yeah. And then you got old Mullen six months to get ready for it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's going to be ugly, I think. And they have a history with each other. And I have no way of knowing if they – tell you what, Will Salmon, who works for The Athletic, used to work around here covering state, now he covers Florida. He's going to be on the radio uh, to start hour two. And I want to ask him if he has a gauge on that. Like what's the relationship personally like between Diaz and Mullen having – you know, the fact they work together in two different – or Mullen hired him as a defensive coordinator two different times. You know, I don't know if they, you know, have a sour relationship or not. Um, I don't know, but I, if my memory serves me correctly, I remember the last time he was there, Mullen kind of threw him under the bus a few times. Well, he did, and he was only there one year, right? Like, So he came back yeah. after the Texas thing, coached one year, and then bounced to go be the defensive coordinator for Mark Richt at Miami. 
And you're right, in that one year that he was back at State, and, and don't quote me on the year, but we're probably talking, what, 15, something like that? Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, you're asking the wrong person. I think it was 2015 maybe, but yeah. There were several instances where Mullen chewed Manny Diaz out on the sideline in front of the team and the fans and God and everybody. Just one, up one side yeah. and down the other, you know, and he was there one year and left. So, you know, we'll see. Hey, Jason, always good to hear from you, man. Appreciate you listening. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's one of those things where too much is made of relationships. I can tell by the text line, Roger, I did did something today here just a minute ago that I I do too often is sometimes I'll mention something I'm going to talk about that I never get around to it which is really bad radio. But Roger sent me an email that had a a link to a list in there at Forbes magazine about the uh, most valuable sports teams in the world. And we say, okay, America, but when you say the world, and Tim guessed it on the text line at 885-ESPN. It's not the New York Yankees. It's not, you know, something like the Patriots or the Warriors in the NBA. It's not even the world's most valuable soccer team, Real Madrid. The number one most valuable sports team in the universe is your Dallas Cowboys. Valued at just over $5 billion, billion with a B, Dollars. The New York Yankees are second. So get off of some of that money, Jerry, and hook Dak up. <laughs> hey, Jerry. It's just a drop in the bucket, man. We're out here, you know, quarreling over an extra million or two dollars here. Is it going to be 28 or 30? Is it going to be 30 or 33? You think he cares? Now, I know they have rules on what they can pay, and it affects cap stuff, so it's not just free-wielding, you know, what somebody's worth. But it's not a have versus don't have issue for the Dallas Cowboys. The number one most valuable sports team in the world. The Dallas Cowboys at $5 billion. Yankees, number two. Real Madrid, three. Barcelona, number four. So soccer's three and four. And then the New York Knicks at number five. That's something. So we got a football that? team, we got the baseball team, we got a basketball team in there. Yeah, the Knicks at number five, the most valuable NBA team. Just proof way that, down there at eight. Yeah, yeah I know the Lakers at eight, and just proof you don't have to be worth a darn in the NBA to be worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that later. All right, hour one in the books, hour two coming up here on the show in the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.